0: What's up everybody? You are listening to the Nikki Hines podcast. I am Nikki Hines and today I have Emily with me um on Instagram. She is M is the biggest loser. She joined me for my 50 Miles in May challenge and she completely kicked butt. Um, If you don't already follow M, I highly recommend that you go look her up. Uh, She is at M is the biggest loser. Hit the follow button, start diving into her journey. Um, It's pretty awesome. She also has a podcast. So, If you enjoy listening to podcasts uh, as you are taking care of things around the house, commuting, whatever, definitely go and check that out as well. Emily, thank you so much for joining me this morning, taking time out of your day. I know you just finished up your workout not too long ago and everything. So thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, So, why don't you um, give everyone a little introduction um, about, like, how you started your journey, a little background about yourself, how you started with a podcast?
1: So, I... Oh gosh, it's like, there's, there's so many times. And I think everyone who's listening, if they're listening because you're, you know, touching on the weight loss subject, then they can probably relate because I've started so many times, you know, it's like, where did the journey start? I don't know. I guess I was born <laughs> and, you know, I, uh, sometime around, I'd say like third or fourth grade was the first time I really knew I was overweight. I was bigger than my, you know, peers. And then as time went on, I, you know, tried to join cheerleading. I tried to join sports and I was just the big girl. It just, you know, it didn't, nothing ever stuck. No, nothing ever worked be, Worked because I was just the big kid. I had, you know, the group of mean girls in school who would make fun of me. And I, uh, I just didn't, it didn't really bother me though. I was always kind of just doing my own thing. I cared more about books and about being smart and doing good in school than I did about friends. And when I, you know, graduated, and, you know, early into my 20s, I was like, okay, this is, this is a bit much, I need to do something. And I actually lost a lot of weight uh, when I was around like 2021. And I was in a really good place. I was in like a size 10. I looked good. I felt good. Um, And then somewhere, I don't even know when I think just because I then I turned 21 and started drinking and (laughs) eating, (laughs) you know, eating bar food and, all that stuff. I gained a lot of weight back and then I'd lose it and then I'd gain it and then I'd lose it. And in 2011, I moved to California for work. I live in Ohio. Um, For work, they had me transfer out to our California location and I joined Weight Watchers out there. I didn't have any friends. You know, I was brand new in town. And so I was able to make weight loss my whole life. Okay. And I lost 75 pounds. I felt on top of the world I was hiking at Yosemite I mean like the top of my world you know I I just it was amazing and two years later they transferred me back to Ohio and as soon as I got back I started going back to the bars with my friends back to drinking back to eating bar food and I mean before I could blink most of the weight was back on wow and I got married I had a couple kids the weight kept increasing Um, and then let's see, in 2017, I decided to make a weight loss Instagram. I was following like a couple people. Erica fit love is one that I is like, she's in Southern Ohio and she had lost a lot of weight and she was like super inspiring to me. And so I made an Instagram too. And I came across Daryl, your level fitness. Yes. And. I um, talked to him back and forth a little bit, not a lot, maybe five times. And I had like really, really bad plantar fasciitis and I had lost like 20 pounds, but I could not even walk. I was in so much pain and I had two little kids and life was just hard. Daryl and I had talked about working together and it just wasn't the right time for me. So I quit, (laughs) you know, I didn't even keep losing weight. I just stopped. And then my daughter got sick and She was 10 months old. This was New Year's Day um, turning 2018. So it was 2017 into 2018, New Year's Day. She was 10 months old. And I took her to the hospital thinking she needed, like, a breathing treatment for asthma. Okay. Or something along the lines. And she, um, her heart rate was 317 beats per minute. Wow. she was, like, catatonic, completely out of it. And her heart rate was just beating out of her chest. They, um, instantly tried to give her some, an injection of some kind of medicine. It's called adenosine and it stops your heart. Right. And so they gave her five doses of this. So five times, and I don't know what's happening there. You know, there's 15 people in the emergency room, you know, doctors and nurses, I'm standing in a corner sobbing. Um, there's the girl who like checks you in at the front of the emergency room, like was standing there with her arm around me while I cried. They, took the pedals to her tiny little body and you know did the shock to her chest and to, to try to cardiovert her and it didn't work so at that point they were discussing bringing in an airplane to fly her to a different hospital oh my god and instead they they got her stable enough at 250 heart rate to transfer via ambulance to a bigger hospital so next thing i knew i was in an ambulance we're going downtown <laughs> like Um, and a week later we left with a diagnosis of supraventricular tachycardia, which means she has an extra nerve outside of the fourth chamber of her heart. And certain things can trigger her heartbeat from going out of that figure eight pattern that it typically beats and it gets stuck in that nerve. And so it'll just go round and round and round and round and beat over 300 beats per minute. Wow. So that experience along with around the exact same time, having just been given my son's um, severe autism diagnosis, I just spiraled out of control. I wanted to feel better. And so the way I felt better was, you know, sausage McMuffins in the morning and Dairy Queen at night and Taco Bell for lunch. And I just kept feeding all of that pain and fear and nervousness with food until before I knew it, I was four hundred pounds, and I had gained a hundred pounds in like a year wow. so it was just a matter of stressing and all of that and along along that journey, just you know dealing with autism and how to treat it, my son was you know at that point three and a half and not saying any words and My daughter had this terrible, terrifying disease, and then, in the summer, one morning. June of last year. So we're talking exactly a year ago. I uh, couldn't wake her up. She just wasn't waking up. She's, you know, a year and a couple months old at this point. And she, she was like catatonic again, but her heart rate was fine. And I took her to the hospital. I should have called 911, but I wasn't even thinking, got her to the hospital and her blood sugar was 27 and her body temperature was like 92. She was basically dying. All of her organs shutting down and again, I stood in the same hospital in the same corner sobbing while 15 doctors worked on her. And she was diagnosed with ketotic hypoglycemia. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. I'm not. It basically means that she can't ever get into fasting mode. So anytime she gets into fasting mode, if she's been if it's been too long without any sort of food, her blood sugar like drops rapidly. Okay. And it makes them, it like will make you uh, throw up for some reason. So, and then that makes your blood sugar instantly a thousand times worse. Okay. So um, that was, you know, la- last June. Oh, I'm sorry. At that point, she wasn't diagnosed. At that point, they thought it was her heart medication. So we switched heart meds. We were in the hospital for another week to switch heart meds. And then last month was the official ketotic hypoglycemia diagnosis but we think that's what happened last June too. So last June she was back in the hospital very sick again and I was also sick. I had um, been dealing with a gynecologist to looking at a hysterectomy at 32 years old and ended up having a hysterectomy in August of last year. When I got up, they told me to get out of the hospital. I needed to walk. I ended up not being able to have it laparoscopically because my vitals were too bad. I have high blood pressure and they had to cut me open for the hysterectomy. And then I wanted to be home with my children. And they said, the only way for me to go home is to walk. So I started walking in the hospital to get out of there. And I just have pretty much been walking ever since I got out of that hospital and I was. Mortified that I had to have this horribly invasive surgery because I couldn't have the minor surgery due to my size. Basically, um, I had eaten my way into this morbid, morbid obesity over my children's health issues. When really, what they needed was me to be strong. So, uh, last September, almost a year after the first time I talked to Daryl, I messaged him again and I was like, "Are you still taking clients?" And he said yes. And I said, "Okay, I need help." <laughs> and So I started working with him and I joined the local gym and I just, I just started, you know, I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I, my, my son is autistic. He runs away last September. He got away from me and I couldn't catch up with him and it was traumatizing and terrifying. And I, I was screaming for my husband and he had to leave the baby in the stroller where they were and run to try to help get my son and just all these things. And I realized that, I I had to change, and so I started working with Daryl. We started, you know, we put together a plan with food and just maintaining a calorie deficit, starting slow, keeping it simple. I started going to the gym, just doing the treadmill and like a full body circuit, nothing intense or labor intensive, wanted to start slow. And those first few weeks, the first two months, like weight just shed quickly. It was just falling off of me because it was such a shock to my system to change so quickly. And seeing those results and seeing that success made me want to keep going. You know, when you, get, when you get a weigh-in that's telling you you lost six pounds in one week, you're like, oh, my God, what can I do next week? And Right. I, for a while, I told Daryl I felt like I might have replaced my, like, binge eating with becoming obsessed with, fit, like, losing weight. Yes. And I don't know that that was healthy either. So trying to just find a balance where I could fit – the new healthy lifestyle into my already busy, crazy, hectic, stressful life became like really problematic in the winter time, And that was when I signed up for my first 5k. And I had so much fun doing it that I decided I wanted to do more. And I just sort of switched my focus to trying to, to get more cardio in. And I still hated it. Like I hated the treadmill. <laughs> the treadmill's and, the worst. <laughs> I know. And and it was winter time. I know you live in a cold state too. So yeah, you know that you can't get outside and, and do anything. So just, I started focusing on strength training and I was losing weight, but not as quickly. And so that was kind of frustrating, but I know that's like the right and healthy way to do it. And so I slowed down from those, you know, 15 pound months to like five and six pounds a month that I lost. And that, that's still great. And I know, That Everyone says that's the way you should do it and that that's more attainable. Um, But now so today I my way in today I'm 106 pounds down since September when I really started. That's amazing. Yeah, it's It's so so exciting.
0: Your entire story just took me, I think I hit every single emotion
1: a person <laughs> could possibly hit within 15 minutes. <laughs> I know. It's a lot. It's definitely a lot. And and the stuff that I experienced with my daughter, I, I wouldn't wish it on the worst person in the world. Like, I, I just, I can't imagine anyone who I could despise or dislike enough to ever, ever wish what I had to witness with her on them, you know?
0: No, I mean, that's, you've been through so much and you've had so much on your plate and, you know, the emotional eating stuff is something that I relate to a hundred percent. I I've been on my journey for 10 years now and I still struggle at times with emotional eating. It's just, there's something about the food that we have access to that is just like that. It's that hug for your soul when you don't know how to address tackle or fix what you're going through like you said that dairy queen or that taco bell it's just like it's that little there there you're you're okay you're right. going to be okay
1: and i truly believe that there is something comforting about it you know i don't i don't necessarily think it's all mental i think there is something comforting about food i don't know if it's taste i don't know if it's you know what it is but for me when I was really in the dark, when I was really stressed about my daughter and my, my son, but mostly my daughter, I, uh, eating was like a time I could relax or a time I was just doing something just for me or, you know, I can't, I can't justify it, but I truly, right. I truly believe it helped me cope. And I know that's not a good thing, but it did.
0: It, it actually does. Um, I've I dove into the whole emotional eating and like why we do it aspect. I want to say about three years ago, Um, because like you, I went from um, eating to cope with everything to then working out and like meal prepping and like being very strict and regimented about everything. Um, Because that then became to me uh, like okay, I don't have a lot of control over other things that are going on in my life, but I do have control over this. Yes. Um, And it kind of became a sanity thing for me. Like I need control somewhere. I have to know that I have at least one aspect of my life where I have full say over this. And like you said, I don't, you know, that's not necessarily healthy either. It has to be that balance. But when I started diving into everything, um, I had read that there are actually um triggers uh it, it's like almost like an endorphin trigger in the brain that certain foods um give us like when we um are stressed out like you tend to like gravitate towards like crunchier or chewier foods because it's almost like working out the aggression yeah um and then like when you're super like upset or like you just need that comforting we tend to go for more like creamy savory like comforting foods and it's why like when you look at like what we call comfort foods it's all like those um casserole style like right things and i was like oh my god this all makes so much sense like it's chemical reactions in our body and it's crazy to like really start to think about that stuff but the more people i speak to the more i'm realizing this is like this is what everybody goes through
1: yeah. And I don't know, you know, I, I think there's also a role with like your genetics and your metabolism and how some mm-hmm. people can probably cope with food and not become morbidly obese. Um, whereas others of us, we cope with food and and we overeat and we binge eat and we emotional eat and it, it turns into a morbid obesity, dangerous, unhealthy lifestyle thing. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, there's so much science around it. My son, um, when he was a baby, we, you know, looking back now, everything I know about autism, uh, I can, I can diagnose him as far back as like four or five months old. Um, Of course, we didn't really think about it till he was two or three, but looking back, I see all these signs. And one of the main things was he could not eat anything textured. He wanted everything pureed. We couldn't switch to table food. Even now, he doesn't really like anything textured. Um, He still eats a lot of like yogurt and applesauce and pureed things. And he's, you know, four and a half. And when he eats, like you're saying, those soft, um palatable things he he makes like a moaning noise because it's like stimulatory for him mhm and his therapists we have a feeding therapist and everything they they tell us all the time like this is comforting for him this texture the the way the texture goes between the roof of his mouth and his tongue the way he can make that noise while that texture is in his mouth all of that is like stimulatory to him and It's, it's just so much like brain science that you start to wonder how much control do you have over anything?
0: Right. It's kind of fascinating. Like when you start like really
1: thinking about it and I don't, yeah. Yeah. It, it's bizarre. And, and him with his food, you know, now as a mom, I, I don't want to have my children experience obesity the way I did. I don't want them to be made fun of in third grade, right. if, which schools like I was, but I don't have a lot of control over what he eats because he is just, you know, he's so picky and he's, he struggles so much with accepting new foods and the few things he will eat that are, you know, the only protein we really get into him are like McDonald's chicken nuggets. <laughs> so, right. And how much protein even is that? I don't know. Um, but he, you know, so, so sometimes we're in survival mode and he eats what he, you know, he, he gets what he wants because it's like I got the kid has to eat something right um right. And, and
0: at least it's something that has more of a texture to it yeah and in a
1: lot of ways that's a win for you guys so. yeah and that's what his therapists say too like if that's what he likes then we can you know we'll start with the mcdonald's chicken nuggets and then you know also on the plate we'll put a piece of grilled chicken like a tiny bite of grilled chicken and and then in a couple of weeks we'll put the piece of grilled chicken in his mouth and then if it doesn't go well, we'll still just leave it on the plate, like exposure therapy for a while. And hopefully gradually he moves into taking a bite of that chicken. Right. So it's, you know, we're actively working on it, but it's really difficult. And I am so in my head that instead of being worried about everything else that's going on, I'm like, okay, I don't want him to be fat. How do I get him to eat this grilled chicken? (laughs) Right. But yeah, it's
0: right. Because, because we've, we've lived that, that, portion of life where we were overweight. And, you know, as parents, you always want your kids to have better than you had, you don't want them to experience the things that you did. And I was the same way I started gaining weight in like junior high school. So, um, you know, when I started seeing my kids start to put on some weight, and they weren't necessarily looking to join me in eating better or be more active and stuff like that. It's it's rough because you're like no you 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 need to do this because i don't want you to have the same life that i did but then on the same token it's like they're at this age and you know you'll you'll eventually get to experience this where we don't know anything and they know everything
1: (laughs) right and then you have to like carefully balance that you also don't want to have project any poor body image on them so you don't want to be like you should really you know get some activity in because you're looking a little plump there (laughs) right it's you know I had no idea that parenting would be this tough I know it is it's so hard I did a 5k on Memorial Day on Monday and there was a, a family in front of me. It was very sweet. Um, the parents were both very fit, and their two children were very chubby, chubby little kids. I'd say they were maybe 8 to 12, somewhere in that range. Okay. You can't, never can tell. And so their parents were like, okay, come on, we're going to run to that stop sign. And the one kid was really not feeling it. <laughs> and the other kid would do it, but you could tell they didn't want it. And I was like, it's so nice that their parents are encouraging them, but the resistance from the kids was so intense that I I didn't I had so many mixed emotions about it because if I was 10 and someone was forcing me to run I would feel like okay you think I'm fat you think I need to be doing this right but at the same time I I wish when I was 10 that someone had tried to encourage more of a healthy lifestyle on me so the balance is like impossible it really is it really truly is it's like being adults we understand
0: but as kids, it's just the most unfair thing in the world. Right. Um <laughs> so it it is tough. Um my son had recently um we had moved and our um apartment development has a gym and he had gotten all excited about it until we actually started going. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then he realized how much work it was. So um I, you know, I, I bring it up all the time and I'm like, Hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? And, you know, on the days that he's willing to do it, I'm like, great. And then on the days that he's not, I'm like, all right, I'll just, I'll back off and just keep reminding him that it's there. I was like, right. You know, trying, like you said, all that balance life is truly just about balance for us, for our kids, for everything. And it's, it's one of the reasons why I I honestly love that you're working with Daryl. Right. He is like. The king of just like telling it as it is, letting you know that it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. And like calling you out on things at the same time. I love it.
1: And it's, you know, it's been really good for me because he's been extremely supportive of a flexible dieting plan. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I have failed many times and that's because I go straight into restriction Mm -hmm. and he has, you know, helped develop a plan where, We still eat pretty much anything in my house, but I work to a calorie deficit. I work to portion control. And then when we see things maybe going a little too, like, okay, I'm eating a little off the rails, then Daryl will – he recently, like, put in a produce goal for me. Okay. So he started – I send him my food logs, and he started noticing, you know, I'm eating a lot of processed stuff. I'm eating out a little more than I was. So now we're, like, back to trying to push a fresh produce goal every day. and. so he's just kind of working with me and working at my level. And it's great that he's so laid back about it all because he's like, okay, you know, yeah, you you did overeat yesterday. I bet you feel like, crap, that sucks. Let's move on,
0: you know. Right. And that's, that's really the mindset that we have to have. And I think, you know, like you had said in the past, you did Weight Watchers and everything. And Weight Watchers is one of those things that has that flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you also tend to get so focused on the points and okay. everything. So there is still that restrictive access. And I mean, there is with, you know, calorie deficits as well. But I think when it's it's when you really start to delve into cutting out complete food groups or saying, um, you know, I'm on this healthier lifestyle, I can never eat at a fast food restaurant. That to me, that's the the times when people do amazing and then they just fly off the rails because they can't take it anymore and they get that one little
1: taste and then like they binge. Yeah. And you know, another thing that's been great about my work with Daryl is that I instantly, when I started this, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A, but I'm going to get the grilled nuggets and a side salad. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's like, get the regular nuggets. Like you don't have to get the grilled nuggets. You, you have plenty of room in your calorie deficit. You're still going to get a ton of protein out of it. And the taste is better. Like just get them. And so he's, you know, helped me understand food and his take on it. Well, I I'll say probably not conventional in the diet industry mm-hmm. has has really attributed to my success, because if I you know, had instantly gone to grilled chicken and and salads again, like I've done every diet in the past, I wouldn't be on the Nikki Hines podcast talking about my success right now. So,
0: and and that's the biggest thing. I, I think it's so easy to get caught up in what everybody else is doing or what someone else has had success with, or, you know, like you said, the weight loss industry, it's, we're constantly having stuff like shoved at us, you know, This is how you should eat. This is what you should do. This is the workout that's going to get you to your goals. Um, I mean, even earlier I had posted, I'm going back to 21 day fix um, for the month of June. You're not going to look like the person on the cover of that program in 21 days. I don't care what anybody (laughs) says. Um, (laughs) It's not going to happen, but it's great. It's a great tool just to get yourself moving for 30 minutes a day for 21 days. Like, that's how I view things. I think it's why I get along with Daryl so well. um, Because it's just, you need to take that rational approach. Like, you didn't gain all of your weight in 21 days. You're not going to lose all of that weight in 21 days, you know. Right.
1: And he's really supportive of all diets. Mm -hmm. I I think he he thinks it could be easier than a lot of people make it. Yes. But I know he recently started a Facebook group for all current clients. Mm -hmm. So I'm in a group with everyone who's working with him. And there's people in the group that are on Weight Watchers. There's people in the group that are doing keto. There's people doing low carb. Um, Then there's me who's just wilding out doing whatever I want. And, you know, it's, it's, how quick I looked at what some of them are doing. And I was like, well, maybe that's what I should be doing. And he, you know, sends me a voice message back and he's like, slow down. Right. There's no reason for you to change what you're doing right now. But it's so quick to get into that comparison trap and be like, oh my gosh, Amber lost this much weight. She's doing keto. I can never eat bread again. And like, I would die if I didn't eat bread. So (laughs) (laughs) it's just not feasible. I think they all have their... They all have their
0: pros. They all have their cons. I think it's a matter of finding what is going to make you successful. And everyone's lifestyle, everyone's genetics, everyone's experiences in life play differently into all of these styles of eating and all of these styles of working out. You know, even earlier you had mentioned it was almost, um, it's, you know, it was rough for you to like switch over to, uh, resistance training because you weren't losing the weight as quickly on the scale. You know, you weren't seeing those drops like you were with cardio. And I've seen that so many times with, you know, people that I worked with in the past and they're like, Oh my God, I'm not losing weight. And it's like, but did you take your measurements? Because I can almost guarantee you that your body composition is changing because you're building all of this lean muscle right that's working for you so it's kind of like a fat muscle type trade-off when it comes to the scale but overall like building all of that lean muscle is what you want
1: and it's so interesting too because even my measurements I take them once a month Mm -hmm. and I'll be like oh I only lost five inches this month I'm like five inches is a lot like that's a decent amount to be coming off of my body and it's You know it's hard to just you know we're an instant gratification society so it's hard to not want it now 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 (laughs)
0: right it it really is but it's and it's so true like even um you know my mom has struggled with her weight for god i don't think i've ever i don't remember life growing up without my mom being in like weight watchers or you know some kind of weight loss mode right Um,
1: slim fast I remember my mom fast like 10 times
0: I totally did slim fast trying to get ready for my wedding (laughs) (laughs) it stuff was gross I felt horrible doing it like I was doing that in like conjunction with Weight Watchers it was like well maybe if I do every program that's on the market I'll you know wake up tomorrow and I'll be skinny and it's like no it doesn't work (laughs) that way (laughs) Yeah. And it took me a really long time. And I gained a ton of weight after I stopped all of that stuff to realize, like, you just need to stop overthinking everything and just, just be smart about what you're
1: doing. Well, Um, and what was interesting is I started to feel earlier this year, as the weight slowed to like a normal one to two pound a week, mm -hmm. loss, I started to feel like burnt out. And it's not like I was restricting much. And it's not like I was totally overworking out or anything. I just, I felt like my identity was getting lost in weight loss. Like all I thought about was weight loss. All I talked about was weight loss. And I I just felt like I needed to switch my focus, but I didn't know what to do. So I had a call with Daryl, um, poor Daryl. (laughs) And I just kind of told him, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what I need to do. I don't you know, I, I need to switch my focus up. I don't know what I'm, I'm doing. I just feel like I'm kind of coasting. And, you know, the initial excitement of all the big drops was over and it's just like, Oh my God, this is it. Like I, now this is just my life. I eat and work out and think about what I'm eating and think about when I'm working out. And it was, it was getting difficult. And that was when we were starting to talk about the flying pig. Mm -hmm. So uh, a big group of us, had gone down to Cincinnati and done the Flying Pig 10K. And in my world, I'd only done two 5Ks at that point. And I'm like, 6.2 miles is impossible. So in April, every Saturday, I did the distance. I didn't, um, I didn't push the speed. I didn't care about it. I just made sure I could complete the distance. And during the week, I continued my normal strength training. And I ended up at the end of April with looking at my um, map, my run. And it said I had 35 miles. And I was like, that's cool. Like I walked 35 miles in April and I felt really good in April. Then we had the flying pig in May. And I want to say maybe maybe the di- the first day of May or some sometime in that first week is when you had posted about the 50 miles in May challenge. And I was like, okay, well, I've, I'm going to have six miles already with the the flying pig race. So I should do this. And I thought that would be something really different and exciting to focus on. And I needed that. Like I needed a clear focus. I needed to not just be in la la land with weight loss and I needed to not just, you know, show up at the gym and say, am I going to do arms today? Am I going to do legs? I don't know what I feel like doing. I needed something to like really give my, my thoughts to, and to think about. So um, your your story popped up at the right time for me saying, let's do a 50 miles in May challenge. So I went down to the Flying Pig. I did the 10K. I finished in pretty much what I expected. I wanted to finish in an hour and 45 minutes, which would have put me at like a 16 minute pace, which is pretty much where I'm at when I'm at home, Um But it turns out Cincinnati and Kentucky are a little more hilly than Cleveland, Ohio. (laughs) Every time we turned a corner on that freaking 10K, you'd see another incline. And I'm like, this is a joke. This is a cruel joke. (laughs) So I would do my best and I I made it through. I wanted to finish in one hour, 45 minutes. And I finished in one hour, 46 minutes and some odd seconds. But that's amazing because you weren't training on hills. No, I said, you know what? That is a huge, a huge win for me. I not only finished it, I finished it pretty damn close to my expected time, and it was way harder than I expected. And it was so cool to do that with all of our friends. You know, Daryl was there, uh, Willie Gillis, Gary Cantrell, all these people who I know you've had on the podcast. I know. Um, the day before, um, he didn't do the race with us, but the day before I had gotten to meet Ryan Tomko, who I know you just started talking to. Yeah. Um, uh, who by the way is like the sweetest person in the whole world.
0: I know I was so sad. I was supposed to go and do this with you guys. And because of my work schedule and, um, I had another trip, um, two weeks later, no, the, the following week. Um, I just, I wasn't able to get enough time off and the drive from, New Jersey to Columbus. I've done many, many times and it's not fun. And just the thought of extending it to um, Cincinnati and having to turn around and drive right back home. I was like, I can't, I just can't do that. I was like, it's too much,
1: but I wanted to so badly. And it was fun. I mean, I didn't get to spend as much time with the group because I had to get back home to the kids. So I drove in Friday, got to see everyone Friday night, did the race Saturday, gave our hugs after the race and then I dipped out so I didn't get to do as much with the group but I was just flying so high from that run and I really thought I was going to be dead (laughs) (laughs) and when I wasn't I was like okay maybe this 50 miles thing is going to work out so all month I just dedicated myself to getting out there I walked on my lunch breaks I, two to three days a week before work, would get up and get a couple miles in. Um, A few days, it was raining. I went to the gym, and I actually did the treadmill without wanting to die the whole time because I had a goal. Right. And um, today, I think I'm at 63 point something for the month. That's amazing. I just, it was so, it was so fun, and it was just, it was hard, and it was challenging, and it was, it, it gave me drive and a little bit of a passion back about something, and it was just the absolute perfect timing. And that kick into cardio, because I was so strength focused prior, um, I lost almost twelve pounds this month. That is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. You you completely killed it.
0: You really <laughs> did. Like I I was looking forward to your posts every day because I was like, I don't want to walk anymore because I, I end up getting a lot of steps in because of work um and I was like I'm just tired I don't want to and then I would see your post and I was like okay um all right I'm going I'm going I'm getting it done
1: yeah and I at one point I had talked to Daryl and I was like I'm worried I'm not gonna make it he's like you have two weeks left like you're fine and And, you know, of course, Daryl, he's like, if you don't make it, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, yes, it does. You don't understand. Like, this is, I couldn't tell you why, but it was really important to me.
0: And I think it's because you you felt that, like, lackluster, almost like, almost like you kind of lost yourself. And I, I think it's something, I think it plays into being a mom as well. I think we get lost in everything that our kids need, everything that our family and our household needs and yes. then we start to lose like our identity like it's like you said like okay i'm a mom and i'm on a weight loss
1: journey but yeah and there was nothing outside of
0: that what what else do i have like what else is going on like who am i
1: <laughs> and and it's really hard because i uh i've been at my job for 10 years and right after my son was born i had an opportunity to take a job that i have bid on in this company many times before And it involved a lot of travel. And I had a newborn. And I'm like, I can't do it. I can't take this job that I've wanted for years. Because I can't do that travel. And I thought, you know, that this is it. This is the defining moment that I was no longer Emily, I was Jack's mom. Right. And then I became Jack and Pearl's mom. And you know, I'm Amy and Justine's boss. And I'm Daryl's client and I'm, you know, all these things, but none of them just felt like me until this walking challenge came. And I know I'm putting like a lot of stock into something that you were just like, Hey, let's all go do some miles. But it was the first time in a really, really long time that I felt like something was mine and that I was working towards something for me and that nobody else got to be a part of it. It was just, it was my goal it was what I wanted to do. I got to do it by myself. My husband gave me the room and the time on the weekends. And, you know, I, it was just, it was just so cathartic for me in a time that my life is anyone but mine, you know, it was just, it was really wonderful. And so I'm, I'm really grateful that you, you did that. I'm grateful that, uh, Willie dipped out of the internet for a while. Cause that's how we met Right, little, uh, sayonara group. Yeah. And uh, it was funny because I'd heard your name so many times before, but we just never had made that connection. And then when Willie threw us all in that group and then pieced out uh, was the first time we got to connect. And I'm so grateful for that. Or I wouldn't have, you know, gotten to now have your friendship or, or also found this challenge that ended up being so much more than just a walking challenge. for Me, me. too. And it's so funny because,
0: you know, you said how, you know, almost like it's just amazing to me like how the universe kind of just throws people together at the right times because the my posting the challenge kick-started you and your posts daily about completing you know different sections of the challenge was kickstarting me so we really helped to push each other through a bit of a rut um and just have a stellar may
1: yeah it was, it was great it was great and I feel so good it's given me like a renewed you know, just belief in this process, and you know that's what Daryl always says: trust the process, mm-hmm. control the controllables. And and you talked about control too. And this walking was something I can control. I can't control how fast I go, but I could control getting to that number. I could control getting to fifty. I could control passing fifty, but I couldn't. I can't control much else. So I think having that control back, having something I was driven towards, that was something that excited me. It was just it It meant so much and I was so I was excited to see your comments and other people who you know hit me up saying it was awesome that I was out there doing that every day yes being able to motivate other people is is also like another motivator for It me. really like is that's fun. so cool
0: because I don't think you know we kind of post things and we're like oh I'm probably annoying people by posting this again and that again and then someone out of the blue will just be like you know thank you so much for posting this you inspired me to do blah 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 and I, I know when I post things, I don't I don't really think like I'm gonna post this to inspire people to do things. It's more like <laughs> I need to hold myself accountable,
1: so I'm just gonna put it out there. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I I've seen all of us do it. We all have like <sighs> I I don't know exactly how to word it. And it's a terrible thing to say when you're on a podcast, but it's like, I always say like, yeah, I'm doing a 5k. I mean, I'm slow, but even just now I did it. I can't control my speed, but like, I always have a A butt at the end of something so that I don't come across like I'm a runner or that I don't come across like I'm a stellar athlete or something like that. But you know what? I kind of am. You have lost 105 pounds. I went 63 miles in May. I've done a 10K. I'm I'm doing all these things. And I don't know why I feel like I have to pause and then take away some of my credit so that because I'm still big or because I don't allow myself to earn those titles because I still think I have so far to go that I don't get to celebrate how far I've come.
0: Right, right. And I, I completely get that. Um quite a few years ago when I first started to, you know, I always hated cardio, but I was like, kind of feels awesome. You kind of feel badass after you complete a 5k or, you know, something like that. (laughs) So I was like, I'm going to start doing this. And I had found um, a hashtag um, through Instagram. It was F3. Um, And I had started using it, but then I was like, I don't know. I was like, do I really have the right to use this? I was like, I mean, I'm running, but I'm not running at like these sub ten minute miles and eight minute miles like all these other people are. Like I'm not doing these distances that they are. I'm not really a runner. Like, who do I think I am going to a running store to buy a pair of running shoes? You know? <laughs> no. And it's like, but no, I'm doing the mileage, I'm doing the work. I'm I'm just going at my own pace for where I am. I haven't been doing this as long as everybody else. But I had this this mental block on like putting a label on what I was doing.
1: Yeah. And you know, I talked about this with Amy, um, Gemma, the gym. Mm-hmm. And we were talking recently a lot about how you can't just undo 30 years of bad thinking. No. like Now that we've started losing weight or that we've met our goal weights or that we've maintained our weight or wherever we're at you can't undo all that all that damage you did by telling yourself you weren't good enough. Or, you know, we were talking about mean girls in school and, and I told Amy, the only reason a mean girl's words have any clout is because you believe it, right? So for me, when people were mean to me, it wasn't nearly as mean as I was being to myself. And I can't just undo that no matter how far I've come. And I really want to get to a place where I can. And I don't know... Um, if you've seen it, but I've never been in a more supportive community than the running community. They're amazing. Absolutely amazing. They all think that I am the bomb and, you know, I'm 10 minutes behind all of them and they're still waiting at the end and they're clapping for me and they're telling me I did a good job. Everyone that I've come across since I've started doing 5Ks or I joined the local running group in my town, Um, or I, like you said, I went to second soul and got fitted for shoes. Every single person is just like, good for you. You're doing great. This is so awesome. I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, I, where have you people been all my life? Like all of a sudden I have this built in team of people who just think I'm badass for even trying. And that's so great. It
0: really is. And it, it, it definitely ties in, you know, if you've done any kind of personal development or stuff like that, you know, they say you're kind of the, the, the sum of the people that you, the, the five people who you spend the most time with. And it's like, I, I kind of thought of that when you were talking about how when you had moved to California and you found healthier a healthier lifestyle, you were hiking, you were doing all this stuff. But then when you moved back and you were hanging out with all your old friends and stuff, it was that mentality of, oh, you know, like hanging out equals going to the bar and eating bar food right just because they didn't have those same goals they didn't have those same mindset or anything and then like you find these amazing people through social media like the daryls the gary's um arash you know amy all of these people and it's just like okay like they push you to be a better version of yourself just by showing you their journey their story and like letting you know like what
1: you're going through is normal like Um, Yeah. And it's, it's inspiring and it's also comforting and it's like all of a sudden, even though you're all, all over the country or world, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one feeling this way. I'm not the only one who's been through these things. And it's just, it's so incredible to feel that support, even if it's not local and there. Yeah, I'm here. (laughs) I phone call and it always cuts my anchor out. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But even locally, I've got a few friends who've been super supportive, but they're not on the journey. So it's, it's still this morning, Amy and I made a pact that we were going to get up and we were both going to walk. So she's in Delaware and I'm in Cleveland and we're sending each other voice memos as we huff and puff around our trails. And it's just, we had that accountability. We both did it. We showed up and had the support there and it feels so good when you're done. Like you said, you feel like so awesome when you finish cardio you're like I am a rock star
0: you do and there's something about getting it done early in the day it just sets the tone for your day like oh yeah you want to eat a little better like you're like you know what Daryl
1: I I got your produce covered. I got this. <laughs> right. Well, and when I finish working out in the morning, I don't always feel that great. So I do want like berries or watermelon or like, I don't want to go straight for like sausage when I've just finished a workout. So right. working out in the morning definitely helps me eat better. And I, like you said, I don't want to undo everything I just busted my ass for.
0: <laughs> right. Which is, which is great. It's like you're, you're finding A a new groove,
1: yeah. Like that. Like
0: May is kickstarting you into a new groove. So I got to ask you: Have you put thought
1: into June? Have you set any goals for yourself for June? I did. Well, I use the um, Commit Thirty planner. Okay. Um, So for my commits this month, I committed to um, at least ten minutes active daily. So even on rest days, making sure I have a ten minute active, and then um, four workouts per week and sixty-four ounces of water per day. So those were my daily commitments, and then I'll mark them off every day. And then my monthly goal is I want to run um, a sub 13-minute, 15-second mile. And then I want to increase from four produce servings a day to five produce servings a day. I love it. Those are great goals. Just those two goals. And then I I write down my action steps. So my action steps are going to be that I'm going to do three runs a week, and one of them will be long distance. And then uh, my action steps for my five produce servings is to make sure that I meal prep. So I've got everything lined up for June. I'm feeling confident. I like that June is starting on the weekend. It gives me like, and I know that makes no sense because you can start any day. But for some reason, the weekend I feel like is a refresh for me. And so I I can meal prep. I don't have work in the way. I can get everything organized and feel like I can start fresh come Monday.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. It's like, for some reason, everyone thinks you have to start on a Monday, and it's like, you don't, but there is just something about the weekend, like, you could take Saturday to, like, map out what your meal plan is going to be, and grocery shop, and, like, if you want on Sunday, you can meal prep, and then it's like, you have this prepared,
1: like, ready to hit the ground Yes, and that's Monday. exactly what I do. Saturday, I go through the kitchen, I do my grocery list, Saturday night I grocery shop, Sunday, I yeah. meal prep, so... I'm, you know, ready to go when Monday hits. Awesome!
0: I'm looking forward to see what you uh, meal prep and stuff like that. I hope you share because I can use a little inspiration in that department. That's actually part of my uh, plan for tomorrow: is to figure out what I'm making um, for the week. Oh
1: God, (laughs) it's so hard because who wants to eat the same thing every day for five days? And you know, you know it's, it's not that I don't want to eat it every day. It's just that I tell myself by like day three that this sucks.
0: <laughs> right. It's like, I don't want that again. And right. I just had a conversation about this yesterday, especially my son is not the most adventurous eater. Right. Um, he's getting better, but he, he's, he's really, really not. And um, I was like, you know, just cooking for myself. It's like, well, I don't want to, <laughs> So I've been falling into that trap of like justifying, just like, I think the other night I had like hummus and baby carrots for dinner and I was like, yeah, like, no, I need to be better.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Last night I had cinnamon toast crunch. So you did a little
0: better than I did. I love cinnamon toast crunch. To me, (laughs) cinnamon toast crunch will always be an acceptable meal. I will always find a reason to justify it for
1: anyone. (laughs) Well, yeah. And like, like you're saying, my daughter's too and she's a pretty good eater, but she's also starting to get to that stage where she's getting picky and my son doesn't eat anything that I eat. So it's in my husband works nights. So I'm home by myself. I'm like, I'm not cooking for just me. Mm-hmm. So I end up eating a bowl of cereal or, you know, I'm, I'm going to try though this week. I'm going to do better. I'm going to use my air fryer more. I'm going to, you know, cook for just me every night and be good. <laughs> Okay, good. We could hold each other accountable for this one. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that should be our um, June challenge is to not eat cereal and hummus for dinner. dinner.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know you're super busy. I do. I do, however, want to give you a chance to... Let everyone know where they can find you, how often your podcast comes out. I'm pretty sure, was Daryl behind you starting the podcast? Yes,
1: he was. He was very insistent, and I wasn't going to do it because I'm like, who the heck is going to listen to me on a podcast? But I've got like 10 episodes, and I've already got 1,000 listens, and... Um, people are, people DM me and love it. And so it it feels really cool to have people send you a message and be like your episode today. I totally get it. It was so inspiring. And, um, that's the M is the biggest loser podcast and it's available everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, everywhere you listen to podcasts. And then my, uh, Instagram M is the biggest loser. And I post, um, podcasts whenever I feel like it, usually like two to three times a week. (laughs) Awesome. on um, my Instagram, I post mostly weight loss, but I do also dabble in posting about my special needs, children, medical needs and stuff like that. So you'll get a little mix of everything on my Instagram. And that's also the um, it's M is the biggest loser.
0: Emily, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thanks um, for having you know, me. I, I found your story inspiring, you know, when Willie dropped us in that group and everything, but talking with you this morning and really learning more about you and your story. I'm just like, I I completely respect the hell out of everything that you do because you have your hands full and you took out of your um, mindset and everything that like time is a reason why you can't accomplish anything. Because if anyone would be able to find that excuse, it would be you with everything that you have going on. And you still find that time, you make that time for yourself. And to me, that is, that's amazing.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I, I made myself a priority and it's hard to do every day, but I know that it's important and it's, you know, I'm already tired. What's one more hour, you know? <laughs> right. And and like you said, you know, it you need to
0: take care of yourself so that you can take care of your family. Yes, absolutely. So you, you have to make yourself that priority. So thank you so much for inspiring me in the month of May. Um, I can't wait to see what kind of meals we come up for ourselves.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was so great getting to talk to you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You have an amazing day and um, I will catch up with you on social media. So thank you. All
1: right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.